Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan continues our series, At the Movies, with Top Gun Maverick. Scripture comes from Romans 13, 8 through 10. Read by Tristan. Good morning. My name is my name is Tristan Corson, and I'll be reading you today's passage. Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. The message. Love fulfills the law. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and what other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, We are starting a, or we started last week, a series at the movies and Allie did a wonderful job with uh, the boy, the mole, the fox, the horse. Um, She said she realized after the sermon last week, she never actually said the title of the movie. But hopefully you guys saw it with the book up here. Uh, But it's a wonderful movie you can find on Apple TV+. You'll probably have to do uh, a trial or something like that. Uh, This week we're going to step into some different territory. But before we get to that... We're doing this because stories are compelling. Stories are the thing that move our hearts, right? You can hear logical information about something and be like, okay, got it. But until you hear it in a story that connects to your heart, uh, when when that happens, then you're like, ooh, I understand it on a different level now. And I do think movies are a way of telling stories, right? It uses all the different senses, it uses all the different arts, it uses music, it uses visual, it uses uh, animation for special effects and things like that. It has everything rolled into one. And so uh, I got this this fun little uh, reading we're going to do together uh, because I think it helps us to step into this space here in church together, especially talking about movies. So would you join me? We come to this place for encouragement. We come to worship, to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that, all of us, that indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn together. Dazzling images, music that I can feel somehow, Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our heroes feel like the best part of us, and stories feel perfect and powerful because here they are. Does anybody recognize that at all? All right, okay. I didn't fool some of you. Um, (laughs) So if you've been to the movies in the last probably two, three years, there's this little thing, especially if it's AMC Theater, There's this little thing with Nicole Kidman that plays before, all right? And every time that plays, when I'm in the theater, I feel like I need to stand up and just like, uh, you know, 
And I've heard it so many times, I'm like, this, this could easily be a liturgy. It could be a responsive reading. It could be something at church because it, it, it kind of means the same thing when we come here to church, that we're hearing stories. We're hearing stories that affect our heart, that could change our outlook on life. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this because we're with our friends, with our community of faith. And so thank you for entertaining me in that because I, I actually told one of my friends uh, early on when this came out, I said, I'm going to find a way <laughs> to use that in church someday. And so here we are. Um, but I think it's important and it, 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 it pertains to what we do here as well. And you heard Dave read uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, experience with movie theaters and he was somebody who almost went into the priesthood. So he Religion and movies for him is very tied together, and so he was making that connection of the similarities to a movie theater and a church when we come together to share in a story with one another. So stories are compelling, and are we telling a story that's worth listening to? As a church, as new hope in your own life, because we heard the scripture from Tristan, who did a wonderful job, uh, today from Romans. In Romans, it talks about uh, that love is the greatest commandment, right? But before, before this, earlier in chapter 13, Paul is also telling the early Christians what to do in terms of the Roman Empire. Still pay the taxes you owe uh, and give to Caesar what is Caesar's type of thing. And so he's reminding them that you're still in this world you're here to do good things. You're here to represent Christ. Because the problem with the first early church and the first Christians is they literally took the idea of Jesus coming back soon as soon. Like any moment, they were thinking, no, no, not, not years or thousands of years. They were thinking days. And so some Christians were like, I'm not even going to worry about anything in this world anymore. I'm not going to pay my taxes. I'm not going to... Um, I'm going to rack up some debt with somebody else. Don't have to pay it, right? It was this type of mentality of like, it's all going to be over soon. So I don't need to worry about that. So what was read today is Paul encouraging the early Christians and saying, no, you are to do these things. You are to be a good presence in the world. You're, you're a force for good. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. Don't use that as an opportunity to manipulate, and to have an absolution from any of your obligations. He reminds them it's not an excuse for those obligations, but to our fellow men, but it is actually a reason to fulfill them. That this, when we don't even know when Jesus will come back, that it's even more important now that we fulfill the law of love. So we're going to talk about Top Gun Maverick today, and I, some of you are probably wondering, I don't know how, how we're going to tie this in. We'll get there. Uh, so it, we're going to go through first stages of faith development. So Paul's job, I think, in the New Testament, when you look at it, without Paul, there probably wouldn't be modern-day Christianity. Paul was the right person at the right time that the Christianity needed, and he was also a person that believed in growth because he was working with what we would call baby Christians, right? It was this whole new religious tradition being born and trying to figure out 
how to live within that, what's the right way, the wrong way, what's kind of in the gray, in the middle. So he helped develop their faith. Fowler uh, gives stages of faith development. And these are the stages. He has six stages. One is the intuitive, projective faith. And so for this one, this faith stage, it's experiential and develops through encounters with stories and images, the influence of others, a deeper intuitive sense of what is right and wrong, and innocent perceptions of how God causes the universe to function. So this is just kind of when you're a toddler. You're first learning about God, about Jesus, about faith. So this is all just learning those first steps within it. Stories are a big piece. If you remember Sunday school, you're always being taught Bible stories, right? And that's part of this. Then there's stage two uh, that feels, that's mythical and literal faith. So at this stage, you have a belief in justice and fairness in religious matters, a sense of reciprocity in the workings of the universe, and then an anapormothic God looks like a human to you, all right? <laughs> and then religious metaphors are often taken literally, thus leading to misunderstandings. So this is, this is kind of that next step, kind of the elementary school uh, stage of faith, that you're learning these things, but then you may take some things literal. Have you ever been around children and said something that's metaphorical and realized, oh no, they think I'm serious, Right? I've done that many times. (laughs) And so, next step is three. Synthetic conventional faith. And this is uh, a stage that's characterized by the identification of an adolescent or an adult with a religious institution, belief system, or authority, and the growth of a personal religious or spiritual identity. This is basically how denominations were formed, right? You need an overall understanding that we all believe these things together, that we are part of this institution. This This is what makes us unique. We're Presbyterian, right? So this is that stage of faith. And then you start developing your own spiritual identity. And then the next one is where things start to go a little disorienting for us. Next would be individual or reflective faith. This stage is often characterized by angst and struggle as an individual takes personal responsibility for their beliefs or feelings. Religious or spiritual beliefs can take on greater complexity and shades of nuance, and there is a greater sense of open-mindedness, which can, at the same time, open up the individual to potential conflicts as different beliefs or traditions collide. This is the moment where your faith steps into a new stage where the black and white of it all suddenly starts to turn a little gray, and that can feel very disorienting because there's comfort in that black and white. There's certainty in that. So when things start turning gray, you feel like your feet are jello underneath you. So then if you're, you're moving through that, you get to stage five, conjunctive faith. Which, by the way, uh, we, always, we need to come up with better names for things. <laughs> this doesn't really jump out at you any of these names for it that you'll remember it. But stage five is 
Uh, a person in this stage acknowledges paradoxes and the mysteries attended on um, uh, mysteries with transcendent values. This causes the person to move beyond the conventional religious traditions or beliefs they may have inherited from previous stages of development, and a resolution of the conflicts of this stage occurs when the person is able to hold a multidimensional perspective that acknowledges truth as something that cannot be articulated through any particular statement of faith. So this stage is coming to this realization that this is all bigger than any of us. That maybe we can't wrap our hands around it. That maybe this is just so big and God does what God wants to do that sometimes we may be surprised and that we have to live into the mystery. That's this stage of faith. And then the last one. The last one, number six, which is a, a very hard place to get to. Fowler talks about how only few people uh, are able to get to this stage of, of their faith and feel comfortable in it. But it's univer universalizing faith. This stage is only rarely achieved. A person at this stage is not hemmed in by differences in religious or spiritual beliefs among people in the world, but regards all beings as worthy of compassion and deep understanding. So this is a point where you get to that tribalism kind of goes away, that no longer it's us Presbyterians against those Baptists, but it's more of, hey, we're all doing the same thing here that we can have connections to one another through this faith that we both share. So these are the six different stages of faith. And maybe some of them uh, spoke to you. Maybe you could put yourself in one of those stages. I think most people end up getting to stage... Um, i got to go backwards. Uh, most people end up here and staying here, Right? that you have the conventional faith. This is who we are, this is the institution, these are the statements of faith. Most people, we stay in this stage. And some people also stay in this stage. This is a crucial stage because I think this is the stage where people end up or can end up walking away from the faith because everything feels too chaotic, disorienting. You start to see the hypocrisies within the institution. And so this is a stage that uh, that needs care and guidance in. But most Christians, I think we stay here. And it's hard to get past that into these next stages. Why do I talk about stages of faith today? Uh, because I think Top Gun Maverick is a, a special movie. Uh, I'm going to spoil a lot of things from the first Top Gun, 40-some years ago, 30. Um, and this one, and you know, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, you're kind of late to the party. Uh, <laughs> it grossed $1.5 billion at the worldwide box office, so I, I'm like, who are the people that haven't seen this movie? Um, so in this movie, you see Maverick in a different situation than we saw him in the first Top Gun. The first Top Gun Maverick was just that that young, immature, uh, hot shot, right? And hardly ever thought of others with his actions. But this is a different maverick we meet in this movie. He realizes that being a maverick isn't just about being reckless, but being a true maverick is one who always knows the most important thing in this world and builds wisdom around that. Knowing that people are important, that sometimes you have to break the rules 
to help others and to save friends. And I think the core of this story, the core of this movie, is within Goose and his son Rooster, and then also Iceman. That these are the faces of the past for Maverick. Goose uh, passed away in Top Gun, the first movie, uh, due to uh, an error by Maverick. And, you know, he was being too, um, too sure of himself, and that cost Goose's life. So now Rooster is in the Navy and uh, flying, and, and Maverick is tasked with teaching a class of uh, new uh, fighter jet pilots for a mission that they need to do, and he is struggling with letting Rooster be a part of that because he feels like he owes this debt to his friend to take care of his son. But he slowly realizes that maybe it's not love that's keeping that he wants to keep Rooster safe. He doesn't want anything to happen. He, he puts all this pressure on himself, but he starts to realize that that's probably just fear. That's not love, because love sets things free. So there's this scene we're going to watch here quick between uh, Iceman, uh, which Val Kilmer, which uh, in real life he is uh, struggling from cancer, and so uh, this is an interesting scene because they use some uh, typing on a computer, and also he does speak, but that was made with uh, AI technology, the speaking, because he can't speak himself, uh, but they used it from his voice in previous movies to put it all together. Navy. 
The kid needs Maverick. That's why I fought for you. That's why you're still here. Thank you, Ice. For everything. One last thing. Who's the better pilot? You or me? This is a nice moment. Let's not ruin it. <laughs> In the first movie, Ice was kind of that villain they set up, right? His, uh, uh, the guy that, um, I'm forgetting the words for it, but your arch nemesis. And we can see even since then, through this growth in Maverick's life, now that arch nemesis is now his best friend. He's learned to grow, mature, move into a new stage. He's learning in this scene to move into a new stage that love is hard to do again. When we have loved, when we, when we have loved and lost, that's the last thing we would want to do ever again, Right? When you've lost someone you love, that's, you don't want to go right back into that because it hurts. But true love lets the other be who they are. When we love again, we begin to heal. And Maverick learns that from Iceman. So in Romans 13.8, it says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. The debt of love remains with us permanently and never leaves us. This is a debt which we both discharge every day and forevermore. Paul claims that if a person is honestly, this person honestly seeks to discharge this debt of love, they'll automatically keep all the commandments. And this is important because I mentioned, I think, in my last sermon a couple of weeks ago, that there is this thought amongst Christians that let's not preach about love too much because that just gives people permission to do whatever they want and to sin, right? But what Paul is saying in this passage to the, to the early Christians in Rome is that if you truly have the love of Christ in you, if you truly have that love, you're not going to be worried about sinning because you're not going to want to. You're not going to want to... Um, Commit adultery because you respect and love your partner. You will not seek to kill because love never seeks to destroy, but always to build up. You'll never steal, for love is always more concerned with giving rather than getting. Which comes to the term that some people say, love God and do what you want. Another way is from Martin Luther because he was criticized for this as well, preaching too much love and grace and mercy. And this is what he said in a letter to a friend. He said, if you are a preacher of mercy, do not preach an imaginary, but the true mercy. If the mercy is true, you must therefore bear the true, not an imaginary sin. God does not save those who are only imaginary sinners. Be a sinner and let your sins be strong. Or in other words, he's basically saying, Sin boldly. Because if you have Christ's love in your heart and you're doing everything in your life to try and love others and to love God, then you're going to try to avoid hurting others. It doesn't mean we're always successful, 
which is why he says sin boldly. Sometimes that's going to happen, but that's okay because there is grace and mercy for all of us. As Christians, we should always be growing and maturing. We should never feel safe saying that we have arrived. We always want to know more about God and God's creation. God has new things for us. If we get stuck in a stage and don't want to grow anymore, then we're not going to see the new things that God is doing. So it's our job as Christians throughout life to continue to grow in your faith. If you get to the age of 70 or older and you look back and you say, my faith is much different now than it was when I was 30, good. If you're 30 and you say, my faith is much different now than it was at 25, good. That's how it's supposed to be. We see that in Maverick. His life, as he gets older, he's learning new things and he's growing from it. If you're in a place where you're not sure that you can open yourself up again to love, to the pretty good chance that you will be hurt, know that you're not alone. I think, I want to thank uh, the congregation for, for the support and love over the last week. Our, our um, first dog and um, best friend Cal passed away last week, and the love we've received and concerns and everything has been wonderful. And I think many of you who've lost a pet or have lost a loved one, there's this moment where you're just like, I don't think I can do it again, right? But we can. We can. Because when we do that, when we love even our relationships, when we love others, knowing full well that we could be hurt or left by them, love is a risk. Love is not easy. Love takes courage. It takes endurance. It takes hope. And when we can love each other and never let that debt go, we can also end up changing the world when we work together in love. And this next clip is showing that. Uh, there is a mission they went on. Uh, Maverick sacrifices his life for Rooster, but then Rooster comes back to save him, and then they're coming back. And it's just this wonderful imagery of what love can do for one another.
if love is the main thing, and if our whole lives are dominated by the love for God and the love for our neighbors, then we, know we don't need any other law. And when we do love, when we continue to mature in our own faith, we can do great things together. Love binds it all together. So if you want to mature in your faith, I think one of the key practices to do that, to continue to move into the different stages, the key practice is love. Because you may find yourself changed by it. Amen? Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.